you so much. Good morning. And then praise the Lord. Thank you so much for um, allowing me to step into the pulpit and to share the word of God with you. I'm here with my wife, Evelyn, and uh, we live in Sacramento presently, where I serve as a professor in one of our Bible colleges, and I also teach in other institutions, and uh, I am an Assemblage of God minister. Been in ministry for the past several decades. Time is not on my part to tell you how many years we've served the Lord, served as church planters, and also pastored a number of churches, and subsequently taught in some Bible colleges. So I am very privileged to be visiting and preaching and sharing the word of God with you. That's my wife, Evelyn, seated at the back there. Good. Well, we've been married for the past 34 years, going into 35 very soon. And then we have three adult kids and one grandchild. And uh, well, they've left our house and uh, we are living by ourselves because they have grown now. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Brother Dave, for bringing us. We flew in yesterday and uh, we'll be heading back to, um, this evening uh, back to Sacramento. Um, well, it's always a privilege and I'm very honored. I don't take it for granted at all that I stand before the people of God. You are very treasured. Very treasured in the sense that um, you've been actually purchased with the blood, a special, special blood, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross for all of us. And so for you to be seated here and uh, hearing from me from this pulpit is something that I don't take lightly at all. And uh, I prayed when I was invited to come over and share the word of God with you. And the Lord has put a message on my heart, which I believe is very timely and very appropriate. And I want us to bow our heads in a moment for the word of prayer before I start. Father, we thank you so much. We present ourselves before you. We are your children, the redeemed of the Lord redeemed by your blood. We are destined to our eternal home when you appear again. And that we are so grateful to you for the period of preparation that we are making for our soon coming Lord, Jesus our Savior. For this reason, Lord, we persevere in our faith in our work, in our commitment to you. And that's the reason why, Lord, we gather to fellowship and to worship and then to hear your word. I pray that, Lord, as your word comes to your treasured, treasured people from this pulpit, it will be a blessing to everyone. Bless, O God, follow my message. And let it be a blessing to your children, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as I said, I have prayed and the Lord put a message on my heart, which I know is very, very 
very, very, very um, needful. I want to talk to you about the power that works in us. The power that works in us believers. And I'm taking my, my text from Ephesians chapter 3, 20 and 21, where the apostle Paul said, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, or worketh in us, according to the King James Version. And he said, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages and world without end. Amen. We consider the book of Ephesians to be the finest of the epistles of the Apostle Paul to the Christians that he wrote to the Christians and various locations that he ministered unto. And um, in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul describes the relationship of the believer with Christ. A relationship that he described to be a blessed relationship. It is a blessed relationship because the power of God is at work through the Holy Spirit in us. And so I'm blessed. And you are blessed. Now as I look at this, something came into my mind that I want to use as an illustration. During the pandemic, the COVID-19 COVID pandemic season, the whole world was plagued with a virus which was very, very threatening and very deadening. And everyone feared for his or her life. And for that reason, everyone had to take some precautions and to be very careful and stay away from the virus. And one of the things that was very, very needful was for us to take the vaccine shot. Because the vaccine shot was something that was prescribed as a solution to the problem. So everyone feared, and I work in the office, and one of the professors, one of my colleague professors, every one of us, we have to wear the face uh, mask and then uh, stay away as much as possible, as much as we could. Even it was very difficult for you to talk to a friend anyhow. And so one day, one of the professors that I worked in the office came to the office. He went from one office to the other. He came to me and then he didn't wear any face marks. He just said, he gave me a face bump saying, I've taken my shot. I've taken my shot. And for that reason, he was so confident that he did not have any cause to fear. Then it dawned on me as a preacher 
and of course as a biblical scholar, it dawned on me to take a lesson out of this. After the next two weeks, he did the same thing. And anyone who took the viral shot, in other words, the vaccine, did not fear the COVID anymore. What did that mean? If I, it meant to me that the most powerful weapon against that virus was to take in something that becomes the power within you that fights the virus from infecting you. And I see how the Holy Spirit is at work within us. The most serious virus that has affected the whole human race is the virus of sin. The only way by which we can overcome that virus of sin that has affected the entire human race is to have the power of God in us. And thanks be to God that when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we receive the Holy Spirit indwelling us that enables us to fight that virus of sin that has affected the entire human race. The city of Ephesus was under the control of the Persians for some time, and then the Greeks took over, and lately the Romans. Ephesus was a very wealthy city because of its desirable location as a seaport that prompted trade. Furthermore, the city had many prominent structures. But the two most important structures in Ephesus were the theater and the temple of Artemis. Although there were many religions in Ephesus, Artemis was the main goddess of the city, and Ephesus was known as a temple of the temple warden of the god. There's Artemis. The Roman name for the goddess Artemis was Diana. The people of Ephesus or the Ephesians would practice things like magic, astrology, idolatry, and all kinds of things that are very, very common in our day. But then, Paul considered the Ephesian Christians to be very, very unique. They have been delivered by the power of the Holy Spirit and made different. Made different in the sense that they were the people of God. They had the Holy Spirit living in them. And that Holy Spirit gave him the power to live above all the moral vices and all kinds of things in the city. And so the most amazing blessing is the promise of God to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that they ask or think according to the power that works in them. There is a promise. And the promise is for you and me. This is a promise that places the believer in the place of authority over every need be it spiritual or physical and um, 
I decided to do a thorough reflection on the power that works in us in connection, in connection to our inheritance and what we asked from the Lord. And I deduced three important things that I want us to look at. Let us pay attention to the power that works in us. And there are three important things about this power. The first important thing about this power is that the power that works in us is an inherited power. We did not deserve it. But Lord, the Lord, by his grace through Christ, has given us an inheritance. Paul begins his epistle by letting them know their position in Christ. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And that is where I belong. The blessing that I have received from the Lord is not an earthly blessing. Any earthly blessing that comes my way is something that accompanies my salvation. The most important blessing that I have received and you have received because of your faith in Christ is something heavenly. Something that pertains to your relationship with him. This kind of relationship is not something that I can attain because of my education, because of my social standing, because of my wealth, because of, because of anything that I've accomplished in this life. But it is a relationship that is based upon my faith in Christ Jesus. And I consider that to be a blessing, isn't it? And so, the Apostle Paul continued, he said, according, to, accord, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of his children, the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will and adoption by grace. And this is to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he has made us accepted in his beloved. And so that is how Paul began with. And again, Paul described the believer's inheritance which he included himself to be something very, very special. So our inheritance in Christ is in connection to the power that works in us. So if we pay attention to what the following verses say so much, you may not see everything clear on the screen, but let me read out certain important things to you for you to understand where we are placed positionally in Christ. From verse 11 of a chapter, the apostle Paul said, in whom we have, received, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works in all things after the counsel, after the counsel of his word, that we should be to the praise and glory of the one he tr who trusts in Christ. It is in, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth and the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you have believed, 
you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now we have the word inheritance mentioned several times in this passage. Now the word power is also mentioned several times in this passage. And that means that our inheritance goes with the power that works in us. You understand actually what it means for you to, be, to, um, to inherit something. When you inherit something, you have the power also to take decisions. You have the power to make some claims. You have the authority to claim your position and say, this is me. It isn't because you worked for it, but you inherited it. And what you have inherited gives you the power to exercise authority over anything that comes your way. Praise God that the power that works in me enables me to command demonic powers and entities and they will subdue to the authority of Christ. The power that works in me enables me to come to the Lord and pray and say, sicknesses and diseases must make way out of my way. Sicknesses and diseases should bow down to me. I have the power to claim certain things that even in the physical sense I cannot do because of my relationship with Christ. Again, I want to say that the power that works in us is a quickening power. It is a quickening power in the sense that believers in Christ are spiritually quickened by God at the moment of our salvation. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, he said, And you has he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Amen. I read um, about a certain young man who brought, was brought up by very, very devoted Christians, very, one of our popular musicians uh, of today. And he, I just, I was, I heard a lot about him yesterday and I wanted to read more um, about him. And then I, when I, when I read about him, he gave a testimony that when he was growing up in a Christian home and um, he decided to travel somewhere and then to just explore into um, things that he could do in order to um, make his life e easy and uh, he he started working for a company and then he started also playing for because he was very musically inclined and he said at a point he decided to do all kinds of things he became addicted to substance abuse um, substance abuse and uh, uh, many things went on in his life but he said his parents prayed for him that my parents prayed for me every day. One day, he said, I sat and then thought about myself. I said, who am I? Where am I coming from? I belong to Christian parents. My parents have invested so much into bringing me up. What am I doing? This is not me. That this is not me. And so he said, the Holy Spirit arrested me. I came under the strong conviction of the Holy Spirit to tell myself that no, 
this is not who I am. I am somebody different. And he said he experienced a turnaround. And that began a moment of his restoration. And his restoration and coming back to the Lord. This is an indication that it is the Holy Spirit that quickens us. We can try and try and try and talk to people. But if our words and what we do in order to win people over to Christ are not backed by the Holy Spirit, we cannot actually achieve any significant result. The power that works in the believer is a quickening power. The Apostle Paul said, And you have seen quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Praise God. Yes, it is the Lord who quickens us. And he continued by saying, uh, we, we will read a few verses afterwards. And then, Believers look forward to being physically quickened after death. Even though that is what we are, our expectation is. But at the moment, day by day, we are experiencing the quickening power of the Holy Spirit to live godly lives. Lives that are pleasing to the Lord. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the Apostle Paul said, And if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So reading through Ephesians chapter 2, once again I want to emphasize what Apostle Paul said and continue with the rest of the verses. He said, and you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And in verse 2 of the same chapter, Ephesians 2, he said, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. In verse 3, he said, Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the last of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and whereby nature the children of wrath, even as others. And in verse 4, he said, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love weary, with he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses or in sins, he quickened us together with Christ and by grace. We are saved. Amen. I'm looking forward to the ultimate quickening power that is going to work in me when Christ comes. Do you know how it is going to be like? Because I have the spirit of Christ in me. And Christ is also coming in the power of the Holy Spirit. I have this contact with him and this connection with him. It's just like when you bring a magnet to two objects. Something like a matchstick, stick and then a nail. And you bring the magnet very, very close to these two objects. Which of these objects will be taken up to meet the magnet, to attach the magnet? It is the, it is the nail. Because it is a metal, and the magnet is also a metal. And so they have this connection together. 
So Christ is coming in the power of the Holy Spirit. And because Christ is coming in the power of the Holy Spirit, I have the Holy Spirit also indwelling me. I have this connection with him. That, that is what gives me the hope of my rapture after my resurrection from the dead. Hallelujah. Christ set example for you and me. The power that works in me is not anything that I can underestimate at all. And so in verse 6 he said, And he has raised up together. He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is a, this is a projection into the future experience that we're going to have with Christ. Presently, I can say yes. Even though I'm still here on earth and you are still here on earth, we have been raised up. We have been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That is the blessing that Paul started talking about when he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with heavenly blessings. So Christians are very unique. And God has placed us in such a unique place for us to be a witness to the world. The basis and the reason for my evangelism and my mission to the world is to let people know that, yes, I have hope in me. What about you? And there's no other person in whom we can actually have this hope apart from Jesus, who is coming soon to take his own to be with him. The other thing that I want to talk about is the power that works in us is an overcoming power. It's an overcoming power. Otherwise, my faith is in vain. Otherwise, I am actually practicing a lifeless religion. Christianity is not just a religion, but Christianity is an experience. Yeah, it is an experience that we live because it's something that is bringing us in, um, into a dynamic relationship with the Lord. Our life is a warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. Not only against the flesh and against flesh and blood, but against also spiritual spiritual powers. Spiritual powers who are our enemies. There are many opposing forces, many things that stand in our way. If anybody talks about my faith and talks about it in such a way to undermine my faith, I don't take it for granted at all, but don't take it lightly. I don't see the person as an enemy. I see the enemy, Satan as an enemy speaking through the person against my faith. So our life is a spiritual warfare. That is the first thing that we need to know. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 10, uh, chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Be strong in the Lord. Who am I? Where do I belong? I belong to the Lord. My Lord is, a, my Lord is an overcomer. Be strong in the Lord. It is my duty. 
It is an effort that I have to make to be strong in the Lord. It is my choice and it is your choice. I do not have to be timid. I do not have to be a coward, but I need to be a courageous and strong person in the Lord. In the power of his might, that power that works in me and that works in you. And then he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this dark world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Hallelujah. We do not want to say things like this to scare anybody at all. But it is good for us to know that we are actually in, engaged in spiritual warfare with the forces of darkness. But the good news is that we have the power within us. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We are not supposed to be overcome by the enemy and by, and by the forces of darkness that are against us, that are fighting against us day, against us day by day. I have a colleague professor who is a Christian, very, very good Christian, and um, he got promoted to serve as the, um, the chair of a department. And uh, as soon as he got promoted, he had people working against him. And uh, a very good Christian. I'm talking about somebody working in a secular university. So he had so many people standing against him. And there were three, three people among in the, um, in the faculty, the department that were against him. And they said all kinds of things. They would go behind him and talk to the dean. And, and she decided not to talk back. Even at meetings, they, opened, they openly opposed him. So he decided to go to the Lord in prayer and fast. And in his fasting and prayer, he decided to present these individuals before the Lord. He said, Lord, your word says uh, promotion doesn't come from the east nor the west, but promotion comes from above. And I worked very, very hard and I've been promoted to this department and this is what is going on. I just want to hand over everything to you. One of them who opposed him very, very openly got into trouble with students and got, and he almost lost his position. And um, so, the chair of the department had to intervene to save him. He was the only person, the dean said, well, you are the chair of the department. And this man got into a serious trouble with a student. And it was this professor, it was my friends, it was his decision and his choice to say, let him go or let him stay. He decided to save him. And then another one also needed a recommendation for a grant to write a research project. And 
It was the department's head who needed to give him that recommendation. Otherwise, he would not get the grant to do so. The department chair, my friend, decided to give, a, to give a recommendation for him to receive his grant. The other person fell very seriously ill and he had surgery complications. And the chair of the department visited him and asked if he would allow him to pray for him. He said, please pray for me. He prayed and he was instantly healed. These three individuals, in fact, he was instantly healed to the amazement of even the doctors around because that was a very serious medical condition for him. These three individuals decided to come to him one after the other to apologize to him. And what he said was, I prayed for you and I prayed in the name of Jesus. And the power of God is what has enabled me to be kind to you and to do what I did. The, whatever happened after the story is another thing. But then, he maintained his integrity, he maintained his position, and he maintained his testimony as a professor, and not only that, a Christian professor and a Christian sorry, a, a Christian professor and a kind person who made a difference in the lives of these individuals. I want to complete by saying that we have an armor as Christians to fight the forces of darkness that come against us. The Apostle, Paul's, the Apostle Paul continued to say in verse 13 in Ephesians chapter 6, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand very, very firm. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet short with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the will of God and how do we have to use this? How can we use this? We use this by praying always. The Apostle Paul said in verse 19, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. I like that, hallelujah. Praying always in the spirit and watching thereunto with all the perseverance and supplication for all saints. For all people, you are not alone. There are others also that are persevering with you. But we need to inter 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 intercession is one of the one of the powerful things that a Christian can be engaged in. 
You do so for missionaries that are actually laboring in different parts of the world. And um, when I, we walked in, we were very excited to see missionaries that are being supported or whoever is serving in different parts of the world. And I saw Malawi, Africa, Africa, where I come from, and also Angola. And I said, this is something very, very, uh, something worth talking about because it's a, a whole deal of, a whole lot of sacrifice that these people have put into actually serving the Lord in these different parts of the world. There are places where it is very, very risky, very, very risky for even Christ to be mentioned. Well, we come from Ghana originally. Yeah, my wife and I are Ghanaians. We, are, we come from Ghana originally. But then we are stuck here in the U.S. <laughs> because of ministry. So, praying with all supplications, for, uh, praying with perseverance and supplications for all saints. He said, pray also for me. Pray also for me. The Apostle Paul asked the believers to pray for him. That whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And in verse 20, he said, For which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare the word of God fearlessly as I should. We are living in a society where people do not, people do not want to create problems for themselves by actually publicly declaring their faith. People want to save their jobs. People don't want to lose face. People don't want to have problems with their employers and so on. And so because of that, Christians are so careful. But I'm not saying that you should go about actually creating problems for yourself. But all that I want to say is that God in his own way can make a way for you to be a blessing to somebody at your workplace. Even, even if you are even a student in the school, wherever we are, we are the light of the world. The Bible says we are the light of the world and therefore we should let our light shine wherever we are so people will know our good works and praise the Lord. In conclusion, I want to say this, that we are not people to be taken for granted at all because we have the power of God that works in us. That is the position that, the position that God has placed us. Let us continue to persevere in our work with the Lord in the use of this power and we shall always overcome the forces of darkness that are fighting against us. May the Lord bless you so much. Thank you. Shall we pray? Dear Father, once again, we want to thank you. We appreciate you, Lord, that your word comes to remind us and your word comes to um, equip us and to get us, oh Lord, Father, into um, our sense of duty and to remind us of who we are and what we can do to make a difference to God in the world that we live in. We thank you, Father, for blessing us and ministering to us. Be glorified if there is anybody here that is sick in the body. I pray in the name of Jesus, wherever the person is seated, 
the power that works in us. May that power quicken that body, Lord, and expel any sickness from the body. If there's anyone here who needs any breakthrough or miracle, God, in some form or the other, I pray in the name of Jesus, O oh God, that you work that miracle out. Because words, um, signs and wonders will follow your word whenever, Lord, it is preached in power, in authority, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us today. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise that you alone deserve. In Jesus' name, amen.